Welcome to Word of Grace, the local assembly in the Berkshires. Thank you for joining us for this time in the Word. We're going to talk about Joseph this morning. And, and what we were just saying, and you can read about Joseph, and he's somewhere in Genesis. But thank God that he ends up in Genesis chapter 50. But we see that... Um, Jacob, who was his father, and who was the one where God would bring out the 12 tribes to populate and become the nation of Israel. And Jacob is his father. He is the father of those 12 children. But Joseph, is he shows a special love for him. And in that special love for him, he gives him a coat, and it's called a coat of many colors. And each one of those colors is a manifestation of the Father's love for Joseph. And who God is, he's love, obviously, and he's holy. But in his essential nature and character and essence, that is who God is. And one of the main features is he's love. In 1 John 4, God is love. That's why when we share that, we say that love is not God. No, God is love. <laughs> and either I am in a right relationship with him or I'm missing out on love, on who he is, because that's who he is. So who he is is reflected also and manifested in his attributes. Those things that we can attribute to the manifestation of God's love for us. Those are his attributes. And the Bible goes into to many of them. He's righteous and, you know, he's holy and, and all of these. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient in 1 John 3.20. He's omnipotent in Revelations 19, verse 6. As we said, God is love. Uh, and the, in 1 John 4, 8 and 16... Uh, he's holy in Leviticus 11, 44 and 45. He's holy. Uh, he is holy. He has immensity in Isaiah 57, verse 15. He's, he's holy. And he's immense. He inhabits eternity. The immensity of God. And all of these things are true. So, But then they come out in things that, we, that are his essential nature is manifested in and through his attributes. And these are the colors on Joseph's robe, they are man they're manifestations of his love because his love is holy. His love is righteous. He's just. He's just. And, uh, you know, we see that in, in Micah 6, 6-8 uh, and Hosea 6, 6. God is just. So all of these are reflected and manifested in his attributes. They are indicative of his love. So Joseph has this coat on. And it's not Joseph's fault that he is so loved by his father like this, but in, in single, signaling him out, and sing, I'm not even pointing him out, I should say, he it does this in front of his brothers. And this causes in the brothers amazing jealousy towards Joseph. 
Nothing is his fault, but there's a jealousy and an envy uh, towards, towards Joseph that's really reflected to their father. But since he's the object of it, Joseph, he's the object of it, he's hated. And that's just like us. And we are so loved by God, and he's placed us in Christ. And we can be so hated just because of that. You don't have to do anything. You just love, we're loved by God. And then this world system, which Satan is the God of this world, and we've said this recently in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, he's the God of this world. And he blinds the minds of them that believe not in 4, 3 of 2 Corinthians. And he's the, he's the prince of the power of the air in Ephesians 2, 2. And so because of that, we can just be, we're hated. You know, like, why is this stuff coming on me? Why do I feel this way? Well, because you have Christ in you. Remember what, what he said, what Jesus said in John 15, 18. If they hated me first, they'll hate you. Okay, what was the reason that they hated Jesus? God in humanity, they hated him. Well, because he makes it very clear that in Psalm 69, verse 4, they hated him without a cause. Sometimes we're, we're, we're hated by the atmosphere, by, by the way it projects on us. And at times we may not even be able to define it. We just, what is going on? All the, you know, I, had, I was having a beautiful day, and all of a sudden, what is all this? What is this negativity? Where is all this? I can't define it, but I, it's just, where is this coming from? And that's where it's coming from. In that sense, where it can potentially be coming from, it wasn't Joseph's fault. It wasn't, and I don't necessarily think that Jacob loved Joseph more than the others, but that could have been a projection towards them. And so they were very jealous. And so as a result of that, you know what they did. They were going to, obviously, they were planning to take him out and to kill him and then to put, you know, blood of an animal or something on his, on his robe to bring it back and say that he was killed. And they were going to kill him. And it hadn't, if it hadn't been for Judah who stepped in, he would have been killed. So even in the process of what was happening to him, not his fault, God is still using it in Joseph's life because he wants to bring him to a certain place. Just like things happen to us, they are not our fault, we're the innocent one, but many times because we, God has a special love for us, we can be so hated. We can be so hated. And these things can come on us. And so, what can happen? That's what can happen to us. So then he's thrown into a pit. It's not his fault. Can you imagine what his thinking might have been? What did I do? Why do they hate me? I didn't do anything to them. And he's in a pit. Can you imagine him being... 
sometimes we get in a pit and it just doesn't seem like there's any way to get out of it. And we're thinking of all of these different thoughts, these things that have happened. And we're in a pit. We mentioned several, I think several months ago about this particular scripture. And then we mentioned it on radio too. When sometimes we're in a pit. The pit there in Psalm 40 verse 2 where it says he delivered me. He took me out of, a, out of the pit. Really, the Hebrew is, it's a pit of noise. There's all this negativity, all these bad thoughts, all this pressure, pressurizing us, and we, many times we can't define it. It just comes out of nowhere, it seems. And what I think that is at times is Isaiah 59, 19, when the enemy comes in like a flood. He picks his time. He's very strategic in his hatred and, and hatred just because Christ is in us. Christ has set his seal on us. We're his. We're owned by him. And so the, when the enemy comes in like a flood, then the Spirit of the Lord can lift up, and he does lift up a standard against him. And eventually, even for the time that we're in the pit, sometimes we're in this pit of noise, these confusion, these thoughts, all this negativity. Then the enemy comes in like a flood even, and it seems like the, now the pit's filling up. And we're going to drown in these things, drown in this thinking. You know, but God always has a way for us, doesn't he? He does, because that's why Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way. How's the way to get out of this? To escape these thoughts? It's in him. It's thinking in, in him. And he's the truth. Listen, Jesus Christ is God's definition of how he thinks about us. Now, if you read in the scriptures, you see what Jesus thought about people. The only ones he ever had a problem with were those legalists, those performers, those who would try and make people do what they couldn't even do in themselves. Okay? Those are the only ones. And he still died in love for them, by the way. <laughs> but, the, but he was kind and gentle and loving to everybody. That's God's way for us. And that's his truth. And that is, when we have his way and we have his truth, then we have the life that's ours in Christ. That's what we have. God doesn't have anything other than that for us. But he, he is teaching us about his love. He really is, constantly. And it's not going to stop till we see him face to face. And then even then, in eternity, it's going to be an in, it's uninterrupted, new illuminations and experience instantaneously of his love for us unceasingly. <laughs> That's what makes heaven such heaven, so heavenly. It's Christ, by the way. And that's why the Bible never really says about going to heaven, but it talks about going to be with Christ. Going to be with Him in uninterrupted love and fellowship. So Joseph then is sold into slavery. Now, was it his fault? That his father gave him the coat? Did he do anything against his brothers? 
By the way, God, and then God did give him something. Oh, boy. On top of it, you know, like God would give us something incredible, so beautiful, and then we would share it, and we would be so rejected. And we just meant it in love, I mean, but it would be rejected. And, you know, his was pretty incredible because <laughs> what he was telling him, and I'm sure he had no idea to this extent till he got to chapter 50 of Genesis. When he gave him that vision, you're all going to bow down to me. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, this, you know, who does this guy think he is? Who does this person think that they are? Well, all he was doing in his innocency and his littleness was confessing what God told him. And boy, on top of that, oh, they really wanted to get rid of that. That's when they said, you know what? I know what we're going to do to this guy. We're going to get rid of him and kill him, get rid of him. And of course, that's when Judas stepped in and put him in the pit. Can you imagine what his conversation with God was in that pit? Can we imagine some of the conversations that we have with God in the pit? <laughs> Because sometimes when the voices, the noise comes in that's not of him and we mix our thoughts with it, we somehow think that this is how God thinks about us. But the reality is, in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, we shared this too recently, that God knows the thoughts that he thinks towards us. They are thoughts of peace and not evil. They're not. Because love thinks no evil, we said in 1 Corinthians 13, 5. So, then he sold into slavery. Then God again promotes him. So everything that evil in whatever manifestation or whoever it was manifested through tries to do something, really God is using it to promote us. Because God knows him and he knows us. So he's promoting him. So he gets raised up. We all know, and we're somewhat familiar with that story. He gets glad, and he's with Potiphar. And then what happens to him again in this process? It's not his fault. But Potiphar's wife makes the advances towards him. He refuses them out of love for God and love for the one that he's serving, Potiphar. She hates him because he won't participate in the evil that she desires. And all she wants to do is use him for her evil impulses. And he refuses it. Then what? Then there's a lie about him. Boom. In the jail. What did he do so far? He stood true to God. And so what, as a result, see, God, you know, all I do is stay true to you. Now, look, this is all I ever get. Imagine that's what his thoughts were. What you know? What I might as well say the heck with it. But what are we going to say the heck to him? Where are we going to go? Are you serious? Oh, no place for us to go. We can't escape his presence, and that's what we said in Psalm one thirty nine seven to twelve. He's with us. And by the way, even when we're sleeping and we can't think of him, his eye is on us. That's for sure. 
And we said that again in Job 36, verse 7. But so now he's in, he's in the jail. And then we know the story of the baker and the butler, right? Right, the story of the baker and the butler, yeah. We all end up, sometimes we're in prison. We haven't done anything, but here we are. God, why? And then oh, we always, there's always seems to be a baker and a butler that God has there for us while we're there. And then, you know, we've got to have the interpretation. The other one wants the interpretation. And that's needed by God. I mean, it's, it's needed by people, and God gives it to Joseph. Still, he's got him, in a, he's in the midst of his own problem. That's <laughs> not his fault, and God has him with this, now, he, now he, okay, I'm going to give you something to give this guy. So he gives the two, the one, you know, uh, you know what, when you get out of here, you're going to be hung. <laughs> it's over for you, buddy. And then, but for, for the other one, the two, uh, the other one is, you're going to get out, you're going to be promoted. Yeah. I think it was the butler that got the good deal, right? The king, he's going to serve the wine. I confuse those two sometimes. But the baker, you know, he wasn't going to be baking much anymore. <laughs> and all Joseph said was, okay, you know, God used me to give you this. So if you could just do one thing for me, when you get out, could you just mention me? Please to him, would you just please get, get, give me a good word? Yeah? Can you imagine Joseph, he's waiting for the good word from the time he told him two years. He hasn't done anything, it's not his fault, but there he is. And God used him to give something to someone else. And they get free. And look at me, I'm still here. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, I'm still here. Thanks a lot, God. Thanks for giving this person what they needed. But when I need it, yeah, okay. Love you. <laughs> here I is. So here I am. Two years later, finally the guy remembers He remembers. He says, oh, by the way. Because he needed another interpretation. He said, I know this guy there. That's right. Yeah, you know what? You know, uh, two years ago, he helped me. <laughs> I was, hmm. He helped me two years ago. And I know him. If you get him, you know, he's the one that can help you. So finally, up out. Right? Then God promotes him again. Right? And then what? Right now, he's ruling and reigning incredibly, isn't he? God's promoted him. But can you imagine what must his thought process have been? And his conversations with God, which I'm sure like maybe a lot of us, maybe a lot of us, maybe some of us more than others, wouldn't want anyone to hear. We don't mind the final results of what we have in him. We sure as heck wouldn't want him to hear us as we go through these things. But does it change his love one single bit for us? Not a single bit. 
because his love has to do with who he is. And all he was trying to do all the way through with all the evil that wasn't that Joseph's fault was he was trying to prepare in him and make room in him in Joseph for his love to be there. Because that was the thing that he really needed. And that's what God was doing. It wasn't that God was hard to him and it wasn't that God was rejecting him. It was God trying to remove the hardness that sought to protect itself, to keep itself from being hurt. And that became the thing that rejected his love that kept him out. And so God was preparing that in him the whole time. And finally, God promotes him, and he's second in command in all of Egypt. I mean, he's second in command. Because that's what God had for him. But it took a process of time. And God has a blessing for us. And that's a fact. That's the truth. And so, then he stores up. God leads him because there's going to be a time of famine. So God leads him to store up grain. So that not just him, but many can be fed. And God uses that in our life too. There's times when we need to store it up store up his thoughts about us, store up his word, because there's going to be at times a time of famine, a time of testing, a time where there's no evidence seemingly that God loves us in terms of our feelings, but really, does he? Have we stored it up? Have we stored up enough of his thoughts in us to know, truthfully, that he really does love us? He does care for us. There's no question about it. God never has to adjust in himself with his love towards us. Never. Because it doesn't change. Malachi 3.6 I'm the Lord your God, I change not. James 1.17 Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness neither shadow of turning. He loves us. Listen, he loves us based upon who he is, and he doesn't change. And we've said before in the past, in 1 John 4.10, here in his love, not that we loved him. Because God is love. <laughs> love is not God. There isn't any. You have to receive who he is. Here in his love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and that he gave. He not only loved us in terms of knowledge and truth, but it, it, it entered into activity. It's very, God's love is very active. It's active in getting things out of us that keep his love from entering in. Sometimes we think that's hard. We do. We think it's really hard. And he's just removing the hardness. That's all he's doing. Because he loves us. And that's what he was doing in Joseph. Then he promotes him. Now he stored up grain. Then there's a famine, not only in Egypt, but they're being fed, but in Israel. And that leads his family to say, hey, we heard, and not knowing it's Joseph, we heard because, you know, sometimes our family, those that are closest to us, are very familiar with us. They don't know us in Christ. They don't know us in Christ at all. 
But God, but you know, God knows us, and that's what He wants us to focus on. He doesn't want us to focus on what we don't have. He wants us to focus on everything that we have in Him. We all have to grow in this. This smart person in Egypt, that's second to the Pharaoh, a second to the ruler there. And he has stored up enough grain. And I and Joseph said, I'm going to send you guys to go. See if he, he'll, he'll give us any. Maybe he might be merciful. As far as J uh, Jacob is concerned, his son is dead. Joseph is dead and over. His dreams, in terms of his son, are dead and over. Sometimes we think, because of the circumstances and situations we're in, it, we're, it's, you know, it's, it's over for us. You think Joseph ever felt that? Hated by his brothers, dumped in a pit, lied about, put in jail. God, what must he have felt? And God was using it. Because that's what he said in Genesis 50, verse 20. You meant it for evil. You may have meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. How do we define all the bad things that happened to us? God gives us definition for it. They may have meant it for evil, but God, who doesn't change in his love, because that's who he is in Exodus 34, 6, in his essential nature and character and essence. He's full of goodness and truth. That's it. And he doesn't think evil towards us, by the way. That's not how God defines himself. <laughs> and that's not how he defines himself to us, and that's not how he defines us and his love for us. There's no evil there. That was dealt with by Jesus Christ in our case. So then he comes. They come. Of course, we know the story, you know. Joseph didn't reveal himself because they didn't recognize him in, in the way that God had so promoted him and so caused him to be so healthy <laughs> and promoted. They didn't recognize him. But you know the, the story. You know, how Joseph set him up so that they would have to come back with a silver cup. And that's what we drink out of. We drink out of a redemptive cup. Silver in the Bible is, is, is redemption. And we drink it full, constantly. It's ours to drink anytime we want. And we're, we're not like Aaron the high priest who can go into the Holy of Holies only once a year for ourselves and for others. But we can go there whenever we need it now because Jesus Christ has opened up the way in Hebrews 10, 19 and 20. We can go there anytime we want. We can go to that throne because we have a high priest who can be touched by everything that we went through in Hebrews 4, verse 15. so that we can come boldly to a throne of grace to find mercy in the nick of time in, in 460 of Hebrews. So then, they come, and he puts the, the cup in there and the animal, and they're walking off, and he sent these guys in. You stole the cup, he said, but he, all he was trying to do was keep him there. So he kept Benjamin there sent the others back. Now he thinks Jacob, Jacob, because Jacob's nature in his own nature is cunning, deceitful. <laughs> that wouldn't be indicative of who we are in, the, in our nature, would it be? 
And that's, and that's not who we are because of Christ. That's not how God sees us. Even when we act in it, cunning and deceitful, reactionary, and we can speak a beautiful language in our flesh, <sighs> not so really beautiful. So, now he thinks not only is Jacob dead, I mean, not only is Joseph dead to Jacob, as, as far as his dream about that son, now his youngest, Benjamin's gone. Oh, my God. And he's never able to have another child. It's over. His dream's over. So what's the, you might as well just, you know what, God's not for you, Jacob. And so even he says in, in, in Genesis 42, 36, this is what he said. And this is all we can say in the flesh too, by the way. All these things are against me. Really, what was he saying? In all these things, God's against me. So then the brothers go. Now this time, he orders, Joseph orders everybody out and reveals who he is to his brother. And they're horrified. <laughs> they're in horror. This guy's second. Oh my God, they're horrified. <clears throat> and then it says this. This is what God had done in Joseph. He wept and said, I'm your brother. That's what he did. He wept. He said, I'm your brother. I'm your brother. And God has filled me. And I have God's love for you. And it's a love that doesn't take account of wrong. And as a matter of fact, that's what love, the forgiveness is God just confirming his love to us constantly. How many times do you think we need forgiveness? I can't tell you how many times I needed it yesterday. Whew. Thank God he doesn't know us after our failure, after our second language. Doesn't. He doesn't know us that way. He doesn't. And the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit, is always trying to convince us of the truth of his love so we won't be condemned because there's no condemnation for us in Christ. And that's who we are, a brand new creature. Romans 8, 1 and 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. We're new. We're new. God does not looking for us to perform said recently to again on the radio he's not looking for us to perform matter of fact he wants us to quit trying to be like him by the way it's impossible he just wants to fill us with who he is and who he's already made us to be in our own individuality an individuality that no one else but me and Christ in me can reveal because he made me specifically that way he designed me to manifest his love in and through me like nobody else can so finally, in the end of the story, they, they come back. It says he wept so loud, the palace heard him all throughout the palace. He just wept. Because God was removing everything in Joseph, in his own life, that could, would reject God's love for him, but also removing in Joseph to reject loving those that did all that stuff to him, <laughs> all that negative stuff. And that's a picture. And Joseph, in that sense, is a type of Christ. He went ahead and he went before his brothers and prepared so much for them. 
so much for them. And then they saw, and then they said, oh my God, now that, that Jacob is dead, our father, oh boy, he's going to take vengeance on us. And then he said, in Genesis 50, verse 19, am I in place of God to you? Oh no, no, I am not in place of God to you. No way, I'm not God to you. I'm not, listen, not at all. You may have meant it for evil. You may have. But God meant it for good. Listen, Joseph said this, and we'll close with this. He not only meant it for my good, to remove all the evil in me, or all the rejection in me, but he sent me ahead. His love sent me ahead. Not only for me to promote me, but for those that hurt me, he sent me ahead of. And you know what? Only God can do that. Do you think we can try and perform that? Listen, the only place we could ever try and perform and try to be like God is in the flesh. And who can ever measure up to that? God, we can't even expect someone else to. And that's a Pharisee, by the way. We all have that little Pharisee in our flesh. We can be a legalistic Pharisee to ourselves when we think outside of how God thinks about us. And then we can certainly be a Pharisee to, to others. And we even said recently to, you know, Cain, he went out from the presence of God where there's love and joy and peace and the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. He went out and he built a city. And out of that little city came all these bad people the flesh, right? And then Pharaoh come out of that. Taskmaster, hard. Just hard on everybody. And we all have that in us. We'll be hard on ourselves, hard on everybody else. And we'll expect them to perform, and God forbid if they don't. All outside of him who fulfilled it all already. And then, of course, Pharaoh reveals himself now, the legalistic one, the religious man. Pharaoh reveals himself in the Pharisee. They'll tell you what to do, but they themselves won't do it because they don't have in them to do what they can't do, and they want you and I to perform and what we don't have in us, but thank God we have him who performed it all. Right? So God has his plan in all of our lives, and we have a lot to glean from through the scriptures. And God knows his thoughts towards us. Again, Jeremiah 29, 11. In Psalm 139, verse 17, listen. We can't, if, if, if there's a person here that can go to every single beach there is on the earth and count every single grain of sand, then that's, then you can just begin to enumerate his thoughts towards you. Because he's given us Christ now and for all eternity. His thoughts, His love will be expressed to us. So Lord, thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for giving us exactly what we need. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening in. We hope you were blessed and God was glorified. Feel free to go to our website at awordofgrace.org for daily posts and teachings.